Welcome to Souls Tell Stories. Today's episode is a bonus episode where we tell you our coming out stories in celebration of Pride Month and as the grand finale for our LGBTQIA season. Hi, my name is Chloe. I use pronouns she, her. Hi, my name is Avery. I use pronouns she, her. Hi, my name is Ainsley. I use pronouns she, they. Hi, my name is Corey and I use pronouns she, her. Okay, so I'm just going to start off and share a little bit of my coming out story. Um, Yeah, so let's just get right into it. So um, the summer after my sophomore year of high school, my mom, stepdad, brother, and I had just gotten off the lake where we were stand-up paddleboarding. After a long day on the lake in downtown Austin, we decided to get burgers and shakes before heading home. Our server at the restaurant was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. I was so confused by what I was feeling. I didn't know if I was having envy for not being her or if I just wanted to be with her. Turns out it was the latter. When I got home later that night, I messaged one of my friends from middle school freaking out. She is bisexual and she was the only person I knew that I thought would be able to help me out. I spent hours Googling, am I gay and what it means to like women. She kind of helped me, but mostly she just said, ha ha ha, welcome to the dark side, um, which made me freak out even more. We walked back through my life and I started to notice some small things, nothing big. um, But after that night, I kind of just pushed the idea of me liking women away and thought that there was no way that I could be gay. My parents always told my brother and I that they would love us regardless of who we loved and that they would be accepting when, we grew up and stuff but when you grow up in a conservative town you don't feel like that's the idea because you don't see that as a luxury that you could afford um i grew up about 30 minutes outside of the pride loving city of austin but my town is really small and conservative and almost everybody knows everybody and if somebody knows your business almost everybody does it took me about a year and a half to come to terms with my sexuality And I would say it was the June before my senior year, I was laying on my bedroom floor listening to music and I was just blasting this really underground song, What Makes You Beautiful by that indie band, One Direction. (laughs) And I thought I would tell my mom that I was a directioner because um, that was just a really dark secret of mine. So I was like, I should come clean about this. So I went downstairs and I told my mom that I had something to tell her. She paused the TV and she's like, okay. And I was like, I'm a directioner. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, I thought you were gonna tell me that you were gay. Like, I thought you finally realized you're gay. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not gay. And then there was kind of this this weird minute of silence. She was like, okay, well, if you're not gay. And I was like, wait, I think I'm bisexual. And like, we had this short little conversation about it and it was kind of uncomfortable but she was pretty understanding and I proceeded to come out to my dad and my stepmom that September and I told my friends little by little over text because I wouldn't I wasn't sure what they would think I'd been friends with most of them since I was 10 years old um, so that was a pretty big fear that they would just like all leave me um, But thankfully, I was really fortunate that they were super loving and understanding, and to this day are. And 
I came out as bisexual kind of with the thought of it being like, or at least my understanding of it being, you know, I like men and women, but I think it's been redefined not only in my own personal terms, but even in like the Webster dictionary as to mean more than just two genders, um, or at least two genders that you're assigned at birth. And I think that's a more, um, a deeper understanding of the term that I didn't really have before. And I think everybody's journey with their sexuality and what it means to love somebody is completely different. I don't really choose to label it as that anymore. Um, that being said, I'm not against it. It's just something personal. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, however you choose to express your sexuality and or gender identity, because that's something that I've also had somewhat of a journey with. It's, you know, completely up to the individual. And it's definitely the more that I have, you know, been on this journey, the more that I feel like I'm able to understand myself and other understand other people's journeys. And I'm also able to understand like those around me, not even just people in the LGBTQ plus community, everybody. Um, that being said, I do use she, they pronouns, but that's like a personal choice. Um, and I think that, you know, gender expression and especially the pronouns that people use is super interesting because a lot of people just brush it off as like, why can't you just use she, her pronouns or use the pronouns that you're assigned at birth? Why is it such a big deal? And it's just a really interesting conversation to me that some people are so dismissive towards it. And I think definitely growing up in a small conservative town, there aren't people that I can identify with and there aren't people who understand. And the first time I went home after being gone for so long over winter break, um, they it was just like complete reverse culture shock after being in Eugene. Um, it was crazy to like, have to tone it down in a way because people there are just so crazy. I don't want to say anything negative, but they're not as understanding as people I've met in Eugene. And especially after spending so many months with people who are like-minded and people who have similar interests as me, it can kind of be um, depriving in a way and super negative towards my mental health to just like, I can't express myself, which I luckily can express myself around my friends and family more than some people can. And I'm really fortunate for that. Um, but it's like little microaggressions that you have to be careful with or else, you know, you're going to be like, oh my God, are you a lesbian from like super old people? And they're going to like freak out over you in like the supermarket and like, it's just, it's crazy that people still have that mindset. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of my story. I just realized that we came out in the same month. I also came out like the June of my junior year. I was like, it's Pride Month. It's now or never. Um, but yeah, now I'll share a little bit of my coming out story and the after effects of that. So the summer between eighth grade and my freshman year of high school, I moved from California to Oregon. In California, there was a girl I had been best friends with since the fourth grade. 
On the weekends, we'd go to each other's houses and stay up until the early hours of the morning watching YouTubers like Dan Howell and Phil Lester and Connor Franto together. We talk about silly things like how we thought Dan and Phil were more than just friends, which they now are, and how someday we were going to move to a city and have a super cool apartment together. And I thought we were just like really strong allies and really good best friends. But the summer that I moved away from her, I realized I'd seen her as more than just a friend and that I was probably bisexual. The first person I came out to was someone the two of us had known mutually. Um, it was the first boy I ever dated, ironically enough. He was one of my only friends from middle school that stayed in contact after I moved to Oregon. Um, he was fine with it. I think his exact response was, okay, that's cool. Why'd you make such a big deal out of it? Um, a lot of people I knew at my high school knew. I didn't try to hide it from anyone, but I didn't actually tell my parents until my junior year of high school because I wasn't sure how they'd take it. My older sister had come out as a lesbian a little before I did, so shout out to her for paving the way and making me feel safe and like helping me know how people were going to react. Ironically, the two of us shared a bedroom for over 10 years and neither of us knew the other was a little fruity. I came out to my dad first. We were in the parking lot of the one grocery store in our super small town. It was like 8.30 at night and we'd gone to get ice cream before um, like bedtime and before the store closed. But right before we got out of the car to go in, I blurted out that I had to tell him something. I was like shaking, I was so nervous. Um, he took it really well. And after that, I told my stepmom, then my mom, then my stepdad, and then my older sister. I didn't feel like I needed to tell the rest of my family or my other siblings just yet because I wasn't dating a woman there and there was no reason to cross that bridge until I absolutely had to in my eyes because I knew reactions wouldn't be positive. It wasn't until my freshman year of college that I began to wonder if bi was the right label for me. I'd always said, I don't care what parts someone has, I care what they're like and what they're about. Um, which turns out that's literally the definition of pansexual, which I didn't even know was a thing until after I watched Sex Ed on Netflix. So I um, was watching the show and was like, that character feels relatable. And then I Googled the term pansexual and was like, oh my God. So I came out to my current partner as Pan and she said, I knew that. I thought you knew that. Um, so she, she knows me better than myself. She always has. Shortly after, she also came out to me and began her transition. She was on hormones for about three months before either of us told our parents. The two of us and the doctor that prescribed her the hormones were the only people who knew, and it was scary to wonder how our families would react and even how the world would react. She goes to college in Florida, a conservative state, and her roommate was a self-described super straight who regularly watched transphobic YouTubers without headphones. It's also important to note that she was literally denied just her hormone medication and none of her other medications by the same pharmacist multiple times under the guise that the prescription wasn't in the system or that it had been canceled. Eventually, we told our parents, and they're taking it as well as they know how to. Some of them are being very supportive, and some of them are not. Some of them are taking the steps to educate themselves so they can be as supportive as possible, and others just aren't. One of my family members continues to misgender her and so does one of hers as well. I think it's easy to say that misgendering someone is just an accident and to go easy on the person who does it, but it's easy to tell when it's an accident and when you're pretending it was an accident. 
And honestly, if that family member continues on the way they've been acting, I'm not going to hesitate to set much needed boundaries and distance myself from them. There are still some family members I need to tell that I have a girlfriend and I know they aren't going to take it well. But I also know that I deserve to love who I love. And if they don't like it, then they truly aren't looking out for my best interest and I should be setting boundaries with them anyway. That being said, I recognize that being able to distance myself from family members because they don't accept me is a luxury I have as someone in a big family who is an adult now. Many teens and children and even adults with few family members are not able to just cut off people who don't support them as members of the LGBTQIA community. Later on in the episode today, Avery is going to share some resources with us for any member of the LGBTQIA community that needs support. The resource I'd like to present you with today is the Oregon Alliance to Prevent Suicides list of resources and contacts for LGBTQIA community members in every county in Oregon. What I've shared with you today is just the bare bones of my coming out story and what life has been like after the fact. Truthfully, there's a lot more to my story that I can never convey accurately here. There's a large amount of fear that comes with being gay. I constantly fear for my partner's safety as a trans woman, and I see the looks we get when we're out in public and holding hands. I know that there are family members I have to let go of that I wouldn't have to if I was straight. But there's a lot of joy that comes with it as well, mainly because of the community we've formed. My girlfriend and I are in a long distance relationship during the school year because she goes to school in Florida and I'm in Oregon, but she came to visit a couple weekends ago and it was our first weekend out as a queer couple. We had quite a few other couples come up to us and tell us how cute we are, who were queer themselves. We had this super cute, um, like lesbian mom couple in Target come up to us with their baby and tell us they loved our shirts. We were out at brunch and that parade of moms for LGBTQ youth, I think it's called Mom Hugs, um, drove by and stopped to give us stickers. I've still got a long way to go in my coming out story, but I'm happy with where I'm at now and I can't wait to get to the point where I'm completely out and surrounded only by people who accept me and my partner for who we are. It looks like Ainsley has a question. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to touch on representation in media because you said um, in sex ed, uh, sex sex education, sorry, um, it's so early. Um, That's kind of how you found pansexuality. And I feel like without that representation, it's definitely getting better, um, especially with like queer musicians and actors themselves portraying those roles. Um, But representation in media is so important. And I feel like without that, a lot of people wouldn't even like think about some of the, like not necessarily labels, um, but like think like, oh, maybe I am gay, you know, like they would just continue because we're told, you know, that we're straight from day one, most of us. Um, And that's kind of like the path we're expected to lead, so. Yeah, definitely. Now we are going to talk about some resources. We just wanted to say, in light of being June, happy Pride Month, and we wanted to share some of our favorite resources and some local resources from all of our home states. So the first one we want to talk about is the Trevor Project, founded in 1898 by the creators of the Academy Award-winning short film Trevor. The Trevor Project is the leading national organization providing crisis innovation intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBTQ plus youth people under 25. To find out more information about what they do and what they're all about, you can go to www.thetrevorproject.org. 
The resource that I selected is Pennsylvania's Central PA LGBTQ Center. Their mission is to foster inclusive communities and holistic well-being for LGBTQ plus people through social, educational, and cultural engagement. And to find more information about them, you can go to centralpalgbtcenter.org. Chloe's source, as she already mentioned, is Oregon Alliance to Prevent Suicide. And this is an extensive list of resources all across Oregon to support LGBTQ plus youth. Ainsley's resources were first Out Youth. Out Youth provides many programs and services that promote the education, mental and emotional emotional, physical, and social development of LGBTQIA plus youth and their allies. Her second resource is PFLAG Austin. It's a 501c3 nonprofit organization established in 1994. And they say, we are approved chapter of PFLAG National, supporting in Central Texas. In addition to their monthly meetings, they participate in several educational fundraising and political activism events throughout the year to help drive awareness and fundraise and community focus. The Trevor Project also has a free 24-hour crisis and suicide hotline if you need to talk to someone about anything without any judgment or if you need to find help with anything you're going through. The number for the hotline is 1-866-488-7386. And all of this information will be on our Instagram. Now, Corey's going to share some California resources. Yeah, so for all my California folks, um, CaliforniaLGBTQHelp.org has some great resources for any of your needs, including a county resource guide, which is specific to your location. It gives you the name of all the counties and some of their um, backed resources as well. and you can just find that on their main website. I also uh, really like youthspace.org, which is specific to the Silicon Valley, Santa Clara County area, but also gives great resources as well, along with the California Safe School Coalition, which is extremely important because if anyone out there is facing any type of discrimination, anything like that, they provide support, resources, Um, information about the law, anything that you may need, they will provide it. And those are specific to California, but a lot of uh, the websites and the resources that we will have linked have uh, specifics to counties or locations. If you or someone you know is struggling as an LGBTQIA plus youth, know that there are places you can get help and there are more people like you than you think. To utilize any of the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can visit our Instagram, Souls Tell Stories Podcast. That concludes our LGBTQIA plus season, and we'll see you next time on Souls Tell Stories. Thanks for tuning in.